0: You're listening to the Queen of Calm Podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Queen of Calm Podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So as always, I just want to start by taking a moment to thank my social media followers, my listeners, and my guests for being on the show. Your likes, your listens, and your time for being on the show truly mean a lot to me and keep the podcast going. And speaking of social media, if you're not following us already, follow us at Queen of Com Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Com Pod on Twitter. You may have recently seen that I posted for you all to save the date of January 13th, 2022. And while I can't give many details right now, I'll give you a quick hint. It's going to be a party. So be sure to save that date in your calendar and stay tuned to our social media for more information soon. We haven't had a new episode of the Queen of Com Podcast lately. But I am I hope you'll enjoy the guests that I have for you today and also the guests that I have lined up for the rest of the year. And if you haven't gone back and caught up on any past episodes, be sure to do so before the end of the year so that you can end the year with the Queen of Calm. So as many of us as PR professionals and PR students and recent graduates know, these past few years have been pretty incredible in terms of change in the PR industry and also, you know, new advancements we have with social media and trends and everything, Um And especially one big aspect that's been focused on a lot is that crisis communications. And I think that started right at the beginning of the pandemic and then these new, you know, advancements in social media and, you know, people figuring everything out. Um, And I was fortunate enough my last semester of college to take a course called crisis communications. um, And we learned a lot about the COVID crisis, um, you know, what to do from a business perspective, what to do from an individual's brand perspective. Um, or even a public official, how to handle emergency press conferences and, you know, what to say in in, uh, an event like this. So that was really informative to learn that side of things. But we also looked at case studies of big media moments, whether it was entertainment, sports, health, you know, e-commerce, anything in that realm. So that was just such an interesting class. And in my opinion, I think that crisis communications training is going to be at the forefront of PR professionals' minds, especially as they're progressing in their career and refreshing themselves, but also as, you know, colleges are, you know, changing their curriculum for the year and coming up with courses because I think it's going to be an essential part of, you know, PR learning. So that's something I just want to talk about as well. And speaking of crisis communications, um, you know, recently we've had a lot of big events in this crisis communication space. And in the past few weeks, actually, you know, with the Travis Scott tragedy, which is such an awful You know, event that happened. And if I was the PR representative for that event, I truly would not know what to say. So I'm following that closely to see what happens with that on the PR front and, you know, in general as well. Um, But something on a lighter note that recently happened too is the whole situation with Taylor Swift's re release of Red and, you know, her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal and what that means for his reputation. So while he didn't do anything illegal or bad or, you know, something that is like really, really bad. There's definitely going to be this new public perception on Jake, you know, as he goes through his career and as you know, this uh, album is you know popular at the moment. So, I wanted to pose you all a question because I've been thinking about it a lot this week as well. And that is, you know, what would you do as Jake Hall's publicist in this situation? Because I don't know the answer, but I do have a few um, multiple choice answers for you to choose from. So, let me know which one of these you would choose on social media. So, would you a stage a public return of Taylor's scarf, whether it's on social media or on, you know, a TV show or something like that to, you know, capitalize on this whole publicity and get a lot of, you know, articles and pickups for Jake and maybe, you know, go that route. Or would you be set up an interview with an entertainment publication where you know that the situation will be brought up and have something, you know, prepared for Jake to say and to take control of the narrative. Would you see stage a small social media tweet or post that, indirectly or directly talks about the song or tags Taylor or kind of makes light of it to, you know, comment on it without actually commenting on the situation or would you take the approach that they seem to be actually doing, which is saying no comment, you know, not having him on social media, not having him do any publicity engagements. Um, So, so what do you all think about this? Let me know how you would answer that on social media. Um, But besides that, I really think you're going to enjoy the episode this week and hearing from my guest, um, she has such an interesting story to tell because she started out in broadcast journalism and now works as an agency owner um, in PR. So that's such a great story that we'll talk about. And also she has her own podcast where she interviews journalists about their experiences to help PR professionals understand journalism from that side. Um, and she also is going to talk about you know her advice for college students and recent grads and you know how to navigate this PR world that we're going through right now. So be sure to stay tuned for the interview. You're really going to like it. My next guest is the principal and CEO of Communications Redefined, an Indianapolis-based PR firm where she also hosts her own podcast called Media in Minutes. Please welcome Angela Toole to the podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Doing well. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, we're excited to have you. So to start out, why don't we start talking about your journey to your career? So what was your time in college like and how did that help you define your career goals?
1: Well, let's talk about that. I loved Maryland. Uh, I went to the University of Maryland College Park. It was a hard decision. I knew I wanted to be a journalist. I'm from Indiana and um, didn't know anyone on the East Coast, (laughs) but I had decided that was really the place for me a wonderful journalism school right by Washington, D.C., a city that I loved. And I made that decision uh, to go there. And while in school, I Did wonderful things like interning for a Baltimore TV station, an investigative journalist there, interning with NBC at the White House, um, president of SBJ, which is the Society of Professional Journalists. There was limitless opportunities that I had, and that led me into a career as a television reporter. I started that while I was still in school, luckily, for a station out in the eastern shore of Maryland, and um, that's what led into uh, the broadcast part of my career.
0: That's awesome. And so, you know, there's such a strong connection between uh, journalism and PR because um, I majored in, in college in PR and journalism. And, you know, that's just such an important part of the whole process, that relationship that you build with journalists. So, you know, what was it like for you to go from a broadcast journalist to your career in PR?
1: Yeah, you know, it really was a natural transition. Because as a journalist, as long as you're able to write, research, tell a story, connect with your audiences, that is all key. And it's the same thing we do in public relations. You know, as a journalist, you always think PR is the dark side. <laughs> and it's really, it's really not. We're all playing on the same team. So it's a, it, it was a natural transition.
0: Yeah, d- definitely. I mean, I like how you mentioned that we're both telling a story, because I think it's, it's you know, hard to forget that sometimes, like, oh, my God, like, these are these people that we want to cover our stories, and it's kind of this back and forth, but really, we're all, you know, going for the same goal all the time. Exactly. So, you know, coming from that journalism background, and now working in PR, um, what do you think that PR pros should know about working with journalists?
1: You know, one thing I would say is they are just like everyone else in any profession. They're trying to do their job the best they can and go home at the end of the day. It's really that simple. They're doing more with less, much like everyone else. (laughs) Anything um, we as communicators can do to help them do their job is what they really appreciate. You know, with my training in journalism, I know firsthand how much focus is on ethics and telling all sides of the story and how journalists are trained to do that. Um You know, in the reporting around the world, there is a disconnect though with the general public knowing the difference between journalists and commentators, opinion writers so um there we could talk a lot about a lot about that, but I think that's where um and most p r professionals you know realize that
0: and I, and I think that. Um, you know, that connection just going to get stronger in the future, because I think we're seeing more people, you know, kind of bridge that gap between those two career choices, you know, PR and journalism. I've seen, you know, a lot of people I went to college with who studied journalism jump into PR and, you know, PR students jump into journalism. Right. It's something that we're going to see more in the future is definitely a lot of mediums out there are, you know, kind of, you know, merging together.
1: Yes, 100%. So talking a bit more about
0: college, you know, from your perspective now with your um, career that you've gone through, um, what advice do you have for students right now who are studying communications and wanna join the field after graduation?
1: You know, I would say get out there as much as possible, get internships at many different companies. You know, even if you like the first internship you have and you're able to stay on, I would say, go other places, try different things, try some things you think you might not like and, um, you know, things that you might, because that will really help shape where you want to go. When you start your career, seek out mentors and make yourself as well-rounded as possible. Also, um, You know, at some point, hopefully knowing where you want to start, and what you want to do and standing out from others um, and just giving it all your giving it your all. I think now is such a great time for students
0: to be looking for internships because because of that virtual aspect of being able to work from anywhere. I think there's so many opportunities out there to explore your interests in PR.
1: Yeah, you know, and on the virtual side of things, it's a little bit harder as you're not in an office making those one-on-one connections. So you have to try harder. You know, you have to have um, those one-on-one calls or um, just make sure you're connecting with everyone and taking advantage of all the opportunities that are there.
0: Definitely. And for all of the students who are listening to this episode right now, I can't recommend enough getting a LinkedIn early on in the process of your college career, because that's how Angela and I actually connected through LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. because I read her article in the PRSA Strategies and Tactics magazine. But it's just such an important tool to to connect with industry professionals. Yes. So speaking of advice, you know, knowing what you know now from your career, is there something that you could go back in time and tell yourself when you first started out that you wish you could could tell them from what you know now
1: you know that's a hard question I was thinking that one of the things would just be and I and I mentioned this a little bit earlier but that PR really isn't the dark side you know as a journalist and as a as a diehard journalist you're trained to you know go directly to the sources and and um be skeptical of everyone, (laughs) be skeptical of everything that's coming your way. Um, but, but PR professionals are there to help their clients, but most of them, the vast majority are ethical and work for companies who expect them to do the right thing. So, um, while I was a little nervous to move into PR, it was, it was a great move and it, it did not fulfill my, um, my thought of what, of what it would be like, (laughs) I would say, Um,
0: yeah, I think I think definitely that's like something to definitely remember for you know students out there who are thinking of you know journalism and PR as two separate things. Um, I watched this YouTuber actually; she's in uh, broadcast journalism, and she was just at an event the other day, and she was talking about such a great camaraderie she had with the other group of journalists and the PR professionals she was with at this event. And it was kind of interesting to see that behind the scenes look into how you know things are done in person like that.
1: Yes. Yes. We're all, I mean, we are friends at the end of the day and we work together and help each other. Uh, I mean, I have very close relationships with journalists. So
0: moving on a little bit to your company. So can you talk a little bit about communications redefined and what made you want to start that?
1: Yeah. So we're a public relations and marketing agency, as you said, based in Indianapolis, Indiana, but we work with clients around the country and even internationally. Um, we help organizations tell their stories and connect with their audiences You know, to fuel and exceed their business goals. So it really comes down to the business goals at the end of the day. We work with companies in various industries from travel and tourism to healthcare to legal to technology, nonprofit, B2B. It's kind of all over the place. Um, we secure positive, incredible media coverage. We handle social media strategy and implementation, media training. We lead organizations through crisis communications and with reputation management, and we lead events, marketing strategy, content development, which, you know, in today's, today's age, content is key. You know, we're finding that everywhere. And um, really, if you know how to write and you know how to create content, you'll be set in this industry.
0: Yes, right. writing is definitely so so important in PR and something too, like you mentioned, the like, uh, crisis communications as well. We've seen definitely over these past few years that crisis communications is so valuable to a company. So yes. you know, with all these you know, lessons you've learned throughout your career so far and through running your business, is there any um, trends or maybe lessons you think that students should be looking out for and recent grads as they enter the industry?
1: You know, that's a really hard one too because the best thing to do with trends Is to stay on top of all of them. And there are so many, you know, we look at the amount of channels we have to communicate with audiences and, you know, first, obviously determining what the best ones are based on the audience is key. But so many of those channels are ever changing when you look at social media or even email, um, even, you know, mail marketing, all different kinds of they're changing so often that just staying on top of those and making sure you're following news through organi- public relations and marketing agencies or marketing uh, associations. Those are the the way to really stay on top of it.
0: And I think that, you know, so many people out there who don't know what PR is, or they work in different industries. I think they're realizing after this past year, the the value of PR. And I think that it's definitely going to change in the future, how, you know, PR works with more people knowing, you know, what we do as professionals, because I think it's kind of been sort of a mystery in the past, you know, what do PR professionals do? You know, do they go to these fancy parties and do they represent important people, but you know, PR is everywhere. And I think people are going to start to realize that more.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to explain. I mean, that's some advice I would give too, to know what you do or what a PR professional is and be able to explain it in a couple of sentences. You know, something that was valuable for me was um, getting my APR accredited in public relations because going to journalism school and being a journalist, I knew how to communicate and knew how to be a PR person, but I didn't know all the terminology and, you know, what you called certain things. I found out as I went through the APR process, which is actually a year long process where you're studying, taking a test, going in front of a panel of, of colleagues that I was doing right things, but I now, but I then knew how, you know, what to call it and um, getting those letters behind uh, my name, I, I felt has been valuable too. Yeah. So can
0: you talk a bit about that too? What was that process like for you? You know, like what, what are some of the requirements to get
1: that APR in your name? Yeah, you have to be a professional for five years. So you have to wait a little while, learn all you can. Um, And then it depends on your chapter of PRSA, depending on where you live, but ours has in Indianapolis has a great um, class that you can take in the evenings where you learn history, you learn techniques. Um, you just learn everything to do, uh, with the PR world. And then you put together a presentation of current work and you sit in front of a panel of, uh, professionals and they judge you based on how much, you know, and you either pass that or not. And then if you do, you go on to a, um, computer test and it's, it's a, it's very difficult because a lot of the questions seem like they could be subjective and they're not. Um, But yeah, it's a great process to go through and, and one that you'll feel proud of afterwards.
0: Wow. That sounds really interesting and definitely something to work towards. I just became a member of PRSA after graduation this year, and I've been, you know, kind of so curious getting into all these different, you know, webinars they have and everything. So it's, it's interesting to see what's down the line.
1: Yeah. And then you have to keep up, um, on what's happening in the industry to keep your P- APR. Oh, wow. it's not something that you just get for life. <laughs> you know, you have to continue doing things and being involved and, and staying active and learning to keep your APR. That's awesome.
0: Um, so talking a bit more about your podcast as well. So you're also the host of media and minutes. So what made you start the show and what type of guests do you have on the show? Can you tell listeners about?
1: Yeah. You know, it's something I always wanted to do for many years, even before podcasts were popular. So now it seems everyone has a podcast. If you don't have a podcast, then, you know, you're out of the, out of the uh, majority, but eventually because of COVID, which I guess was a um, bright light from something of that, I was able to have a little bit extra time to actually do it and move forward. And, you know. We interview journalists in all industries and all roles to share their stories. You know, what did make it in front of the camera? What makes them tick? How can we help them help us? We try to humanize the members of the media and tell interesting stories, you know, that might not have made the headlines. And we've been lucky to have some amazing journalists on our show um, and just so many different industries. So people like Rachel Chang, who is a travel journalist writing for Kindness Traveler, um, Sarah Bruning, who's with Travel and Leisure. We've had uh, Dan Daniel Lipman with Politico. We've had Randy Roball, who's a um video journalists with c-span we have had kind of um we've had news directors we've had local reporters we've had an influencer Um, we just tried to keep it uh very different every week and actually this week we will have someone from Smithsonian magazine
0: oh wow that's awesome yeah I love that concept. And something I always say with my show as well is that, you know, our job is to always be telling other people's stories. So to have that chance to be able to tell, tell your own story for once is such a big opportunity.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, I'm definitely not um, used to the one being interviewed. <laughs> as a journalist, I always interviewed others. And you know, now with the podcaster, I'm interviewing others. So it's a bit different to be on the other side.
0: Yeah. And just like we talked about before, I think I I really love how you mentioned, you know, humanizing the journalists, because sometimes even like exchanges between, you know, PR professionals and journalists, maybe it's just a picture or two or an email, or I like your concept for a story, but you never really get to know the ins and outs of their career unless you maybe connect on LinkedIn or something. So I love that concept.
1: Yes. And you're developing those relationships. So it's all public relations is about developing relationships. So the journalists, you know, we have these conversations anyway. And so I'm like, why not record them and share them with others? And any of them now that I have had on the podcast, they will respond to any email I send them, you know, we're close at this, at this point too, if we weren't before. Um, And it's just, it's just about another way of building those relationships.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so interesting, too, about how this pandemic has changed, you know, our way of connection with other people, because, you know, before, you know, we all heard about in our classes and everything, and even like PR history of, you know, saying to a journalist, can we meet for a cup of coffee and to talk about it, have those organic relationships. And now I feel like those are kind of going by the wayside because of our, you know, barriers between us. So it's great that, you know, you're helping to bridge that connection with these journalists.
1: Yeah. And you know, in the beginning, it, Zoom was okay and doing a lot. And not that Zoom's not okay now, but you're doing a lot of those and journalists were open to it. And And there has been the Zoom fatigue, even though I think Zoom will last on forever because it connects us. So, you know, we're able to connect face to face, um, so much, but we even did things differently with having, uh, you know, all the appointments that we would normally be in person with journalists that we take clients to. So not just us having coffees or things, but taking clients to having them, um, virtual, you know, desk sides and things. And we, we definitely continue to see that see that continuing.
0: Definitely. And something too, that I want to ask you about too, is be- podcasting in general. You know, you said it was so popular and I totally agree. You know, everyone has a podcast. Um, so <laughs> how do you think that will change PR? Do you think that many of these opportunities, you know, with, with journalism, maybe that might've been an article in the past are now going to be these, you know, podcasting opportunities.
1: Yes, we are definitely already pitching podcasters, you know, ones to say, this is a great fit. Their audience is who our client um, is trying to reach. Uh, Definitely. It started, I see these ever changing, you know, it started with mommy bloggers and those became (laughs) really popular and we were targeting them. And then it kind of, I mean, there, it still exists and there's still some great, you know, influencers out there that way, but it's, it's been less popular. And then influencers, which, obviously still continue as well, but um, it's kind of this natural progression. And, and you, that's one of the trends you have to keep up on is how popular are each of these different audiences and, and going after, you know, with podcasts too, making sure you, it's, it's a little bit difficult to find statistics on the podcast and actually who they're reaching. And um, so it's just something we have to keep up on for clients to, to make sure it's worth their time.
0: Yes. And I got an email
1: today, actually, from Muckrack
0: that they're now going to start putting the number next of uh, listeners next to podcasts on Muckrack, which I think. Oh, great. I hadn't seen that yet. A big breakthrough for, you know, PR professionals looking to pitch to podcasts, but also I think podcasts like us who are, you know, looking to really get our podcasts out there and leverage our audiences.
1: Yes. Yes. And I wonder, actually, once ours was posted on um, Muckrack, we started getting pitches of who, you know, to have different journalists on the show. So that's, so that's been cool to see too.
0: Oh, that's really exciting. Yeah. I, yeah. So I just started a job as an account coordinator about three months ago. So I'm just now, you know, seeing all the behind the scenes thing now from like a real perspective rather than like an intern or something. But yeah. you know, seeing that muckrack, you know, relationships too about how you find these journalists and the heroes and everything. I, I think that's become really interesting as well.
1: And you know what else? All the journalists sending their own newsletters now. There are so oh, really? many that, it, um, especially in the travel tourism space, that are sending their own newsletters out to their PR database of stories they're working on and what they're looking for. So that's oh, kind wow. of neat too to see.
0: Yeah. And that that's very helpful for the PR pros.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Extremely. Because they tell you what they're working on and then you can help them. Yes. Yes, it's great, and I love Muckrack. That is one of the best um, database. Of course, it's not perfect, but databases out there, uh, we've used all of them, and I've been really happy with that one. I know. I, at an internship in the past, I used Meltwater, and I thought that
0: was like the end-all, be-all. But then now using Muckrack, I'm like, wow, this is so much easier, and they're much more <laughs> yes. supportive with like their live chats and everything.
1: They are. I think we're constantly chatting with them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely, yes. And, and now, now that they can have like the Excel sheets and then they can upload it for you, the old um, media list and everything. I think that's such a great feature that they have.
1: It is great. And it's a way to keep track of, you know, every journalist you're talking with and what you're saying back and forth and who you've pitched for this and who you talk to. And just, I mean, when you, especially when you're at an agency, you have so many different clients and you have hundreds, if not thousands of journalists you're targeting because, Based on if you're in different industries, <laughs> so keeping track of all that is a job um, in and of itself. So, Muck has been very helpful.
0: And so, and something to them finding interesting is. Twitter, because, you know, back when it first came out, everyone was using it, no matter what industry you're in. And now it's kind of tapered off and been kind of like a, a media, you know, hub of where all these journalists are posting their latest stories and what they're working on. And I recently discovered the hashtags PR request and journal requests and all that. So, you know, what do you yeah. think of that as a former journalist and now a PR pro of, you know, Twitter becoming like a, a journalist's you know, yeah. place,
1: you please. know, <laughs> I won't say how old I Am, but this will help um, date me. I didn't have social media, and I was a TV journalist, so I didn't have to do any of that. But um, <laughs> it seems so long ago. Did you know that it, the life exists before <laughs> social media? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. There was but, a time when we didn't have it. <laughs> yes, but Twitter. You know, I've always known this, and I've been telling everyone this for years since Twitter began. That it is the media. I mean, the reason you do Twitter is for media. I mean, that's really you know because every journalist I know. I should say 99% get their news from Twitter or post their news on Twitter. I think because it's so instant and it's so searchable, um, trendable. You know, they can trendable is my word, right? (laughs) But they can uh it just makes it easy for them to find uh stories that way. And so I think that'll continue. Um now they do a lot of a lot of them. I talk with even like TV, you know, local TV reporters and things. They base their stories on how many views and clicks and things they get on social media and on the website. So it's even more so than how well it'll do on the news that evening, but it's more how it'll do online. So then they base their stories on Instagram and Facebook, but they know that Twitter is that tool where they're going to get their story and post their story. So yes, you should be connected on Twitter with all the journalists that you're, (laughs) that you're targeting and following as much as possible.
0: Yeah, because I found it so interesting because I was looking at one of those hero requests yesterday, and one of the journalists was saying, you know, if you're willing, if your client's willing to share in their social media, like that would be much appreciated and, you know, move you up to the top of the list. And I just found that so interesting. Exactly. And now that's like uh, one of the measurables that they use for when they're choosing someone to work with.
1: Yes, exactly. And they're even um, producers and news directors that are choosing people based on their following and how influential they are on social media. Definitely. And, and two, I, I heard too that uh, TikTok is now getting into
0: SEO and all their TikToks will now be available on like Google. So when brands are using that too, and they're going to be available on uh, Google. So I think that's a big breakthrough as well for, you know, these, like I see like Yahoo is using um, TikTok yes. for their news and that guy from, I think the Washington Post who kind of does everything himself on TikTok. It's just interesting to see how these news outlets are using, you know, these social media platforms are so popular to get their news out.
1: Yes. It's really interesting too, that Pinterest is still very popular. It's one of those that you or I guess <laughs> thought was, was going to go away a little bit. I mean, you know, but the numbers are crazy of people using it as a Google, you know, because they can just Google anything there and store it and save it. And the numbers of men um, following it as well. So journalists have really been getting into that even more too, um, taking advantage of, you know, the audiences that are on Pinterest.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's that's really crazy to me because I feel, I feel like back in like 2015, we thought, like, <laughs> oh my God, like that's done. That's like all the crafting stuff's done. But I think that the influencers are really taking advantage of that because I, I follow so many of them on TikTok who are like talking about, oh, I just posted this on Pinterest and this is how yes. you do, and they like link to their Instagram. And I think that's, you know, so innovative of how they're using, you know, Pinterest to their advantage, but.
1: It is. Yeah. We do. We continue to see Facebook not, uh, I mean, it's still influential, but not as much as the others <laughs> starting to, So, yeah,
0: especially with their name change that, that was a big, um, you know, change for everything too. With now that they're, they're changing their whole branding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I have one final question for you and it's something that I yeah. ask all my guests, but who is your favorite girl boss? And it can be more than one or just one, but somebody who inspires you.
1: You know, that's a hard one too. I've been so lucky to work with amazing women throughout my career in the PR world, you know, it tends to be more women. (laughs) And so I've been lucky to work with a lot of them. Um, of course I've worked for wonderful men as well, but, um, (laughs) One in particular, her name is Myra Borshoff and she's since retired, but she started a very successful PR firm in Indianapolis and was the queen of crisis communications locally. Anyone used, you know, if there was a crisis, she was the one you called and um, she had the firm, but she also had a family And was extremely active in her community, you know, had a little bit of a work-life balance. Um, I was lucky to work with her one-on-one with big name clients um, and soak up as much knowledge as I could from her. That was, I was very lucky for that. And there are too many others to even name, but each has played a part in my success. So I've been very lucky.
0: Thank you so much for sharing her. I always love this question. And I say this in every single one of my episodes, but I just love that question because there's so many great women that we can hear about and, you know, learn from in this industry. And I think that um, it's just so great that everyone's always willing to help each other out, you know, whether it's, you know, lending advice or, you know, helping each other in the workplace. I just think it's such a great, you know, camaraderie we have as women in communications.
1: Yes, I think so. And, you know, I think the days of, I hear stories of from big PR firms in New York where, that's not the case, you know, and, um, and the competition between each other and that sort of thing. But I think, I think those are, are not as, that's not as common anymore. And I, and I love that. Like you said, we all uh, support each other and, and help each other do well because there's enough work out there for everyone, <laughs> for all of us. So, um, the, the better each of us do it, it helps everyone else too. Definitely.
0: And I think that was one of the silver linings of the pandemic was, you know, that more people willing to reach out and connect with, you know, others to, to lend them some advice or some help because they had the time and they had the, you know, resources with Zoom and everything to connect with more people outside of their network.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree. Well, Angela, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, can you share where people can find your podcast? Yes, you can find it anywhere you get your podcast. And it's also on our communicationsredefined.com website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.